The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer's Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome to the Ringers Philly special. I am Chris Ryan. I am joined as always by Raheem Palmer. We've got smiles on our faces. Raheem, before the game, I said to you, I was like, this is one of those where if we lose, I don't care. But if we win, I will talk my shit. Yo. (laughs) And this was my favorite game of the Sixers season. The Glen Rivers Junkyard Dogs, the Bad News Bears without Maxi, without Harden, without Embiid come out and bust up the Brooklyn Nets and Ben Simmons Philadelphia homecoming Raheem, What did you think of the, the scrappy Sixers performance tonight? I absolutely loved it. I mean, anytime you can win, you're only shooting 43%. The Nets are shooting 55%, but you get 21 extra possessions. You dominate the offensive glass 20 to four, 15 to 10 in takeaways. They just wanted it more than the Nets. And I mean, that's a testament to, you know, coaching. I, I know we cl- I criticized Doc Rivers all the time, but for whatever reason, when he has, when he doesn't have an all-star, he gets the best out of those players. So that was really exciting to see. I, I have a smile on my face right now because this, like you said, this is the best win we've had all season. It really was. 115-106. It was a Mori ball win. It was a three-pointers and rebounds win. Basically got literally zero from one of our starters, PJ Tucker, but like a career night from Paul Reed. A great night from uh, Melton. A great night from Tobias Harris, who rolled his ankle and looked like he was going to be joining Embiid, Maxi, and Harden in the match tent, but came back out and scored 20, I think, after that ankle roll. And all over the floor, every time it looked like the Nets were putting something together, the Sixers would have like a hustle play. The Sixers would hit a big three. Niang would step up. I thought that all of those guys who have been forced to be in the background all season kind of stepped up and had a little bit of pride for their shirt. Like, like got 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 a little bit into it with KD. Weren't giving Simmons a lot of easy looks in the second half. Like, played to the crowd. 
And this was the first time that when the song played at the end of the game, the hair on the back of my neck stood up a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it was just it was just beautiful to see it. I mean, like, everybody stepped up. It feels like Niang is not missing at all. Like, DeAnthony Melton was just so huge. Like, he was, like, that was who we expected to come over from Memphis. And, I mean, he's been that for this team. So, I like, I think you said it before that, Maybe it's a blessing in the skies and that some of these role players get more comfortable and, you know, start showing up a little bit more. And I think they did that tonight. So it's like when, you know, we get our top guys back, MB, Hart, and um, Maxi, you know, these guys are more comfortable. So, like, this was really exciting to see. You know, you, you mentioned Doc. I think we can call him Doc. Yeah, we can call him Doc tonight. <laughs> um, you mentioned Doc and... You know, he is known, I think, as a bit of a star whisperer over the course of his career. He obviously won the title with the big three in Boston. He coached the Blake and Chris Paul uh, Clippers. And then he's got this interesting, like, amalgamate, like, this interesting collection of stars and and burgeoning stars on the Sixers with Embiid, Maxi, and Harden. But there are some times where I wonder whether this dude would have been better off or would be happier coaching like a Pacers level team yeah. that just cuts and runs and plays hard defense and makes the plays he needs them to make because this was a different Sixers offense out there tonight. Yeah, they were they were shooting threes like a Daryl Morey team you'd expect them to. But man, like I thought like especially in the first half that 15 to 6 run at the end of the first quarter was really fueled by guys moving without the ball. Yeah, I, like I always wondered the same thing like I, like, I kind of joked that it. it's like when he doesn't have an all-star, he almost turns into a top five coach. Because, I mean, we saw this with the 2019 Clippers. The, the Clippers team led by Tobias Harris, Pat Beverly, and Lou Williams. I mean, they went out there and stole two games from the Kevin Durant and um, Steph Curry Warriors. So, for whatever reason, yeah. when he has these these junk teams where you just you, you have a bunch of role players and it's not there's little expectation, he exceeds those expectations. So... <laughs> I'm wondering the same thing. Like maybe if he was just like one of those, if he just coached the development team as opposed to you know a team expected to win the championship. I just think he's you see his 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 stars as a coach. I mean, he got I wouldn't say lucky. I mean, when you shoot fifty percent as a team from the three, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good night, and he makes sixteen threes, and 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 you're just like everything that you seem to throw up there goes in. But I thought that they had a pretty good game plan. Mm-hmm. They spread the team out. They got a crazy good game from Paul Reed, who just was like kind of played Claxton off the floor and was just an incredible front court presence. And even though PJ threw up another donut, he certainly set the tone in the first half and into the third quarter with just like those those second chances that he was developing. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know whether or not you can really take anything as a recipe from what they do here. I would be nice to think that Harden and Maxi and Embiid are watching this game and thinking, Man, maybe if I let go of that ball like a second earlier than I usually do, mm-hmm. I can get somebody on a backdoor cut. I can get somebody moving into an open spot on the floor. I can do something a little bit more uh, fluid with this offense. That's just not James Harden's game. James Harden's game is going to always be like dribble down the clock, wear out the defense, draw foul, or get a shot off. But I don't know. I would love to. I would love to see some combination of the the game we saw tonight, the team we saw tonight, yeah. with the more dependable big three team that we usually get yeah i mean one thing i want to i want to like i want to really point out is that you know pj tucker he's i mean look he's not scoring the basketball right now but it's like four in a row with no points right but something like that this sixers team is first in defensive rating over the last two weeks and bang kd didn't have a good game 
And when you look at a lot of our success recently, it's been based on defense. P.J. Tucker, has, he, he did a tremendous job on KD. He did a tremendous job on Giannis. He's holding these top guys below their averages. And if you're getting that and then you're getting, you know, the offense that Embiid and Harden and Maxi creates, I think we're in a good position. I just, I mean, obviously, I just, I don't know how you balance that out with his offense. Because, yeah, I mean, th- that's the, that's the, the catch 22 with Embiid is that he's such a unique talent that he's a huge presence. I mean, physically huge presence who doesn't really do a lot of back to basket standing on the block. So the spacing of the team is going to be awkward. You know what I mean? Like you have to kind of, and he has to pass out of doubles really quickly. Like there's, there's things that need to happen, but you can see what the vision of this team could be without Embiid. Now, I'm not at all saying like Joe Embiid is not <laughs> the, like an MVP like candidate and the best player I've maybe ever seen since Barkley on this team, if not Iverson. I'm yeah. just saying that a spread offense in 2022-2023 season is really a recipe for regular season success. Oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. Um, it, it, and it's just like I think we mentioned it on the last pod or maybe the first pod that we did, we spoke about how it almost felt like the Sixers were playing a different sport than the Celtics and their yeah. ability to just spread the floor and just, you know, run up and down the floor and, and just hit threes. And the Sixers weren't doing a lot of that. But, I mean, that's what we got tonight. <laughs> yeah, but it was also the thing that you're talking about with PJ, which is defensive pride Yeah, and kind of making life hell on the opposing team. And let's talk a little bit about that. So I don't want to belabor the Ben Simmons thing. I think that, in my opinion, Philly gets... a an accurate rep, like reputation as a bunch of, like as trollish yeah. like Philly fans can be like like pretty prickly but i don't think like they dwell you know like i mean I, the ben simmons thing has been over for almost as like 2 years now yeah they he got an hostile reception but i wouldn't like when they were like talking about on the tnt broadcast that they needed like extra police at the stadium i was like come on man this isn't like yeah. the buenos aires derby or something like that like this is just a dude who didn't like Philly and Philly didn't like him and it ended badly and he's got his own issues. But, you know, he had a nice first half. There was some, there was a little flashes of like why you, why you want to Ben Simmons on your team. And in the second half, I think you saw why maybe we're better off without him. Yeah. I, I mean, I think a lot of the the stuff with Ben Simmons, the life got sucked out of it because obviously we're missing our top guys. And then also it's, it's not like this is a Ben Simmons who's been playing well. I mean, uh, he's been playing relatively well recently over the last three games but this is not a ben simmons who you know is is coming in and is still the all-star ben simmons like when we saw lebron go back to cleveland like that was a circus or when we saw like vince carter coming back to toronto this is not that it's like ben simmons just hasn't been good enough to like get a crazy response (laughs) yeah and like even tonight there were a couple of nice little plays i thought it was hilarious when he I think he in the first half, I can't remember, I think it was in the second quarter, he like got a steal, got it off to Durant, and then like flexed on the Sixers bench. Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of hilarious. Like, <laughs> this is definitely like Ben Simmons is coming off his best game as a even net, the even the first play of the game where he 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 hit a free throw and then shrugged. <laughs> yeah, he did the he did the MJ shrug <laughs> off of two free throws. <laughs> and then proceeds. I mean, he 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 basically bricked for chicken at the end of the game. I mean, so that's just, right. Yeah, they like, got the Chick Fil A. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So I didn't think that it was necessarily like this incredibly like cauldron like atmosphere for Ben. 
it was interesting to watch the Nets in this context, though. Uh, you know, this is a game they should have won, and they commented towards the end of the game. I can't remember if it was both, it was the Barkley Kenny guys or if it was Stan. I think it was Barkley and Kenny who were basically like Milwaukee doesn't lose this game. Yeah, like if you're serious about about your season, you don't go lose to a team down three stars. Oh, not I mean, not at all. Um, it, that just doesn't happen, and I, I just think Brooklyn has. <sighs> When it comes to Brooklyn, they just have some issues that they kind of got to work out. Like, I, I think Vaughn was kind of trying things tonight. Like, he, he was trying that small ball lineup, and the Sixers were kind of just picking it apart. Um, he's trying Ben Simmons, and he's trying Claxton. So, it's just, I mean, obviously, you just get Kay, um, Kyrie back. You're working in Ben yeah. Simmons. So, it's like, this is not a ready-made Nets team. And for whatever reason, the, the betting markets priced it like it was. They had the, the, the Nets at eight nine-point favorites. And... You know, really? yeah, like I mean, and I can understand it in in one in one sense that I mean you don't have your stars, but at the, at the end of the day, like basketball is a team game, and it's it's five players on the court, and continuity matters. And I don't think people realize that when they say, yeah, and if you don't rebound, your back is going to get broken eventually. Like you could just see the life get sucked out of the Nets after like there was one possession. I don't even think it resulted in a in a Sixers bucket, but I think it was in the second quarter, and it was just. PJ tapping it out to the, the perimeter over and over again. I think it was like three offensive rebounds in one possession. And it's just like, well, that's happening to you. I, Sixers have been on the other end of that of getting out hustled, especially by Boston earlier in the season. And you're just like, man, this is just not our night. Like, we're, we don't have the, the gas for this. Kyrie looked like pretty flat. You know, I guess like um, he had a couple of nice, nice moves. But like you could tell there was just like a little bit less octane and than usual yeah i mean with Kyrie, is i mean he's a a divisive player i I love sure i think aesthetically his game is pleasing um but a lot of times the impact isn't there if he's not going off and i think you saw he had some moments in the second half where you know his shot was going and everything like that but for the most part i didn't see a lot of impact i think the one thing that we really got to address is that it's really time for you know paul reed to be the backup center I, i know Doc Rivers loves Montrez Harrell, but it's hard to win a game by double digits and have your starting center be minus 10. <laughs> what's the what's the best case scenario? Give me if you off the top of your head a comp for who Paul Reed could be. Out like it like do you think he has I don't think he has Robert Williams defensive discipline and <laughs> defensive instincts, but that kind of boundless energy from a front court player like that who is capable of getting to the basket. He was trying some stuff tonight that I would appreciate if he if he keeps to himself like behind the back dribbles and I mean is this like an early guys on from the, is this like a six or like the early Noel um Nerlens Noel type thing? That's the thing that I think you're looking at. Like I mean Nerlens was pretty good defensively pretty early, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, I'm Paul like I I mean our our producer Cliff suggests JaVale McGee but you know what? Like, I'm okay with that. I, I, I am. I'm, I'm okay with that too. I, I like. I mean, but I also think Paul is a little bit better offensively. I mean, at times, <laughs> like Javale McGee can kind of like. I mean, at times he was a little sloppy. <laughs> and I think you know what was interesting the whole night. It was that I, you know, the guys who were out there. I saw them in different lights. We saw Paul Reed in a different light because he had a, a career night, obviously. But let's talk about Melton a little bit. Yeah. Because Melton was brought in to be A, an en- energy guy, B, to have a stroke from outside, and just to give the team a little bit of like attitude and, and I don't know, like juice. And I thought he played some pretty decent point guard tonight to the extent that the team had a point guard. Like they moved the ball enough that there didn't need to be a primary playmaker. But 
I thought he, uh, I thought he really acquitted himself really well tonight. Oh yeah, I mean without a doubt. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I just thought he made some really timely baskets. I mean, it's just it felt like you know he was like shooting off the dremble, and it was just like, oh, that's what we need off the bench. Like, and that that excited me more than anything. Yeah, and I mean, we can go through the team here, like if if you want, just to kind of like re. I, I'd like to kind of take a temperature check on where we're at with some of these dudes anyway. But Niang obviously with sixteen and fi- uh, five boards. Had a wonderful night and also was kind of like the emotional center of the team. Not much from House. Paul Reed, as we said, 19 points off the bench. Korkmaz coming back into the mix had nine. Um, I But like the starters were great. Shake, a quiet 16 points for Shake, but like a really, really solid night. And uh, let's talk a little bit about Toby because I think that Harris winds up a, basically going into a lot of fake trades mm. and B, getting denigrated because he's a guy who's probably got all-star talent playing the fourth option on a team now. Yeah. But tonight was the night where you're like really, really thankful that you have somebody like Tobias Harris. And clearly like is somebody who, when he knows that he's the number one option and has that quicker trigger, he can go off for 24 points against the Nets, which I guess yeah. the Nets defense that's not saying a lot, but still. No, but I, I think I think the biggest issue with Tobias is that he's kind of overqualified for the role that he plays. Um, he's not really the catch and shoot guy that he has to be in this offense. But I mean, you see when the stars are out and you have to go to him and he can get down in the post and he can create for himself. That's his skill set. And like you said, we're thankful to be able to have him in these positions. So, I mean, I think you mentioned it a couple of times that, you know, maybe they should, you know, bring him off the bench a little bit more, or, you know, not play him with the starters or mix things up. But it's just like, this is where he thrives. Like when he's able to kind of create his own shot. I mean, I know he's not, he's obviously not Kevin Durant. He's obviously not Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James, but, you know, he, there's a reason why he's paid, you know, he got 180 million. He is, you know, a, a solid wing in this league. So um, I don't it's know if goes, you're going to, it goes back to the doc. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to find it's, it's just tough. I mean, if you trade him, it's like, what are you looking at? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to get equal value for him or better. You know, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Yeah, man, because I remember when I was talking about this idea of bringing Harris off the bench, and that was, this is the kind of, like, you live by the dock, you die by the dock. Or you live by the dock and you die by the glen, maybe. Yeah. It's like... I I I think when Doc has like his hands tied, he kind of does this funky stuff like he did tonight, and and gets a great performance out of like the bench basically to beat the Nets. But when he's got all his stars, he's a little bit too traditional and he's a little too deferential to the way things have always gone. And that's like even during the game when we were texting and it got a little tight in the fourth quarter, you were like, if he puts Harold in to finish this game, I'm gonna lose it. Yeah. And that, but that's like within the reason for Doc to do that. Like Doc is a real, 
he's he goes with the guys who got him there, and he's never really going to be like, oh, I'm going to put this one time all star on the bench to lead the second unit. And I don't know, maybe maybe a, a little stretchier. The way the way we've got it going on with Maxi Embiid might be back towards the end of the week. They, there's talk about that. Maxi's out of the boot. I think Harden's doing some light workouts. It might not be that catastrophic with these guys out. It'll just be really interesting to see what Doc learns from this time. Yeah, it, it really would be. I mean, I I just I don't know how much a guy can kind of change who they are. They've been like Doc's been coaching a long time, so I mean, it was shocking to kind of see you know, him not, like, actually close with Paul Reed. Like, that was shocking to me because I know, like, Doc has been, like, I expected him to go to Montrezl Harrell, and he didn't. Like, he rolled Reed, like, almost the entire fourth quarter. So, for him to do that, you know, maybe he is changing in a little bit. So, I mean, I can hope (laughs) at this point. Yeah, so let's talk about hope because the Sixers have basically a southeast swing. They go Charlotte, two games in Orlando to finish out the week. And then they start the next week with Atlanta, Cleveland, and Memphis. So that's like a little bit more of a difficult week next week. Yeah, They've obviously got these injuries going. They're 9-8 and eight right now, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they're uh, they're having like, you know, a slightly average season. But I think that they've won four out of five. And there's a lot of reason to kind of get a little bit more excited between the Embiid bust-out games that we saw and being able to weather Harden being out. Like, where, where's your head out with the Sixers on the season on a whole? I think when I look at the Sixers team as a season on a whole, I think they're in that mid tier. Like, well, the like I think they're probably in the second tier when it comes to either the second or third tier when it comes to the Eastern Conference. So, I mean, obviously, I think the the cream of the crop is Boston and Milwaukee. I think right below that you got Cleveland, but I think they're yeah. right there. I mean, they're like it's I'm, funny though because I feel like that's where we were in the beginning of the season when they were one and four. I still think we were like, oh, you know, they're just not ready for that upper tier yet. It's it's a kind of it's kind of funny how winning four out of five or losing four out of five doesn't really change our opinion of the team. I, I think I mean the biggest thing is that we haven't seen the entire team together full strength. Yeah, you know, and it's just yeah. like even coming into the year, Harton was at his best. But MB was banged, um, like was like banged up, or he had the flu. Yeah. Um, Maxi was kind of struggling, so we just haven't seen this team really glue together. Um, you know, meanwhile, you got a team like the Celtics. I mean, they're firing on all cylinders when they're not playing the Bulls, and then the 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 Bucks, even even though they don't have Middleton, they've been like completely solid. So it's just, yeah, it it. I think there's a lot to hope for for the Sixers team, and then we all we, we speak on it all the time. Maury's not going to give up. Uh, we know that he's going to make the necessary moves at the deadline to help this team get better. So I think we can really be optimistic about the Sixers season. I, I do think they have a chance to challenge for, I mean, to win the East based on what I've seen this year. Yeah. I mean, I think that this will be a real, like in the playoffs, I think it's going to be very matchup dependent for the team. Yeah. Like I think it depends on where they wind up getting seated and who they wind up seeing in the first and second round. It's a team with title aspirations, but I would love for just for Joel Embiid's sake to get to the conference finals in general. Like that hasn't happened for him yet yeah. this in his career. And I think that my big thing is the noises that come out, especially from Embiid, who will often talk about an injury that he has, but then be like, but I can go in a day or two or like, you know, I, I can't lift my shoulder, but like I'm going to play anyway or my ankle, but I'm going to play anyway. And I just really think like, you know what, man, like, we could beat the Nets without any of you guys, or we could lose to the Nets with all of you guys. You just make sure your body's right. Yeah. That's like my 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 plea to to the stars on this team is like, let's not get to the spring 
and have it be like, well, I'm really banged up. And it's like, well, you were really banged up because maybe you didn't need to play against Atlanta the week after Thanksgiving. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I definitely do. It's I think like, basically if we're healthy, I think we could I think we could run with pretty much anybody. And you know, we've had some really good wins this year. Like, I mean, for all the like I've had a lot of negative talk on this podcast about the Sixers team, but they've beaten the Bucks. They've beaten the 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 Suns. Like they've beaten some of the top teams in this league. So I mean, even the the win against the Jazz, like that was really impressive. I mean, for how the Jazz Yeah, they're you're right. They're a switch flip team. It's it, and they haven't won anything, and I usually ascribe switch flipping yeah. to a team that's like, oh, we've got a title, and we know how it, like to turn it on in the second half of the season, and when we need to go out there. But it seems like the Sixers might have that. I mean, the Sixers really don't, other than opening night, they don't cave a lot in big situations. Maybe they're like the national TV Rondo of teams. You know? <laughs> I like that. Like even like, you know, even in some of our losses, I was like, I was really impressed with that Timberwolves loss. And I mean, that was a bad spot. You, you, you're on a back to back after beating the bucks, which was required a comeback win. you lose maxi. And then you come back the next day and you're getting blown out. But that was a, that was a one point game down the stretch. So to me, I'm just, I'm really impressed with what I've seen from the Sixers team lately. And I just, I, I'm a lot more optimistic than I was previously. Yeah, they, you might not go googly eyes for some of the talent or some of the the potential the way you would when you watch, like, say, the Cavs or the Grizzlies, like where you're like, wow, anything is possible. Yeah. John, Mitchell and Garland together, this is so cool. It's like there's a little bit of like a known quantity to the Sixers. Yeah. But you're right in that, yeah, we got, we got tooled up a couple of times at the beginning of the season, but they aren't – they're pros. Yeah. Like, they – they, they don't like let teams like go beat the hell out of them and then quit. And that's not something you could say for the Nets. Like, like, you know, like I'm a Durant fan, like whatever. Like it's just when Jacquemont pulled those guys, when they were down 12 with a couple minutes left, I was just like, this must suck. This must, yeah. this must suck to have like, to just know that like you just got beat by Melton, Toby and B-Ball Paul. In Ben Simmons' homecoming game, Kyrie's back. You're got you've got Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, and Seth Curry are supposed to be the floor stretching shooters, and you just got like you got he had to pull your starters. You know, it's like that must be the worst feeling. Yeah, I mean, like, like the like you're pulling your starters with three minutes to go. Like it's like you're not yeah. even like it's one thing to lose to a team, but you're not you're barely compare competitive. And I think that's that's the heartbreaking thing for that Nets team. <laughs> yeah and that, and that it didn't actually like i i'm a pretty nervous sixers fan so like over the years like a 12 point lead does not make me feel any better than a two point lead and there was something very steady about the sixers performance down the stretch albeit like punctuated with some b-ball paul like comedic errors but i don't know i felt like they were very very keyed in on defense and maybe that's what this team needs to be yeah they may not be a spread offense. They might not be the most athletic team in the whole world and, and be flying all over the place. But maybe this team just needs to have like a pure defensive identity. Do you think that they can with Harden? And with, I mean, with Maxi a little bit, but like, I, I'm going to be honest Maxie with you, if you. Being on the floor. If you have Harden, Maxi, and, <laughs> and Embiid on the floor, I don't think that can, I don't think you're going to have a defensive identity. <laughs> so how, how big of a problem is that? I think it's a huge problem. I, I think, I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to score a lot more. So it's just. I like this version better. I I, I do too, but I think there's there's, there's got to be a cross between it. 
I think that's really what it comes down to. It's like you you got to find some balance. Like, I mean, they won the game with Maxi and Embiid and, and PJ Tucker. And, you know, I know Maxi didn't play the, the second half, but I think what it comes down to is that you got to get enough defense and you still got to be able to just, you know, hit threes like we did tonight. So, right. I mean, so it's like a Mori ball hybrid. Yeah. Like with, with like a scrappy thing. I, I can get behind it. I can get behind it. It's, I'm still trying to wrap my head around where Joel Embiid. I, obviously, like everything revolves around Embiid, but I think that there's a little bit of like a dissonance for me where it's like, wh- what do you want to? How do you want to play with him on the floor? And like, how how do you make sure that everybody else is also like playing up to their potential if Embiid is having a great night, or if Embiid is even just the focal point? Because when Embiid is like getting a lot of like, he's being fed a lot and he's taking his shots and he's drawing doubles and he's like kind of going through his progressions. Mm-hmm. I just think that the ball slows down a little bit, and that's not that's not the end of the world. He can get you really far, but you see tonight what happens when the guys are cutting and moving without the ball and, and shooting it well. Yeah, but you, but you know what though? One thing I will say is that when it comes to the playoffs, you still gotta have that guy who can you know get you a bucket. Yes, and it's just and like, we might have two or three. Yeah, that's the thing. So it's just like I mean, a lot of this cutting and you know and you know off ball movement and, and threes, it works with the role players when. You know, it's the regular season, but when it's the playoffs, we need a guy who's going to get us 30 consistently. And we have three guys who can do that. And, well, really, maybe yeah. even four when you can, when you consider Tobias Harris. So I, I think that's what really matters here. Big win. Mm-hmm. Fun win. Fun pod. Raheem and I will be back mm-hmm. next Tuesday. We hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving, uh, including the Sixers, who I hope they at least come out of this week. I take 500. I take two and two. Yeah. Split Orlando. Let's do something like that. Raheem, they can listen to you on the Ringer Gambling Show. They can listen to me on The Watch and, and various other podcasts. Thanks so much for everybody. This, for this was Honestly, this was the most fun podcast we've had because I, I felt like it was a positive, like a real positive we're, moment. We're smiling the entire time, man. It's a, it's a better experience rather than just being like, I can't believe it. Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, All right, I'm really hoping Harden is back. Harden or Maxi or, well, not Maxi. Harden or Embiid is back by that Cleveland game. That's a game that I'm really excited to watch. I think Embiid will. I wonder if they're gonna they're gonna really pace Harden yeah. because like Harden Harden getting into chronic injuryville is just a disaster. Yeah. Uh, Raheem, I'll talk to you soon. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving, and Ben and Shield got you all week long with Eagle stuff. Talk to you soon.